some hip hop shit. Meltdown Comics presents On Some Hip Hop Shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit from a nerd perspective. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit, where the civilization of hip hop collides with comics culture. This is B. Schultz. This is Adam, a.k.a. Wednesday's Finest, bringing you live from Meltdown, the greatest podcast I've ever been a part of. On Some Hip Hop Shit is brought to you by... Meltdown Comics and Collectibles here in Hollywood, California. Meltdown is doing all kinds of things. like to let you know about a few of them. One, Meltology, a monthly comics jam at Meltdown every third Tuesday of the month. Show up at Meltdown, draw a page of whatever you want, and at the end, they'll collect the art and $3 because when you come back the next month, you'll get a comics zine complete with everyone's contributions all inside there is no set theme all skill levels welcome next one's coming up also like to shout out meltdown university the school at meltdown where they teach you the skills to make comic books some of the current classes include creating comics drawing comics for kids and the art of inking coming soon there will be classes for short film writing drawing basics and kids make zines go to meltcomics.com and enroll now also be aware of the meltdown podcast network we got tons of original programming coming at you history of the batman weekly topic-based discussions about batman the disney click where everything in the magic kingdom is discussed that includes star wars Marvel, etc. Meltcast 3.0. The employees here, they talk comics and they get into other shenanigans. And also on YouTube, we have the Digital Lizards of Doom, Meltdown's very own YouTube show where Gabe and Dan explore all aspects of pop culture. But you are tuned in to awesome hip hop shit. So enjoy. B. Schultz. <laughs> well done. Wet your beak over there. Oh my wet God. your beak over there. What am, I wet, what am I wetting my beak on here? <laughs> We sipping on um, we sipping on a a drink commonly known as O Gold. Oh, some people call it O E O E. But uh, if you want to be proper, we'll say we're sipping on some Old English Eight Hundred. There you go. Now I have just a taste. Just a well, taste. it is a taste. Just a taste. Because I heard it could do some damage. Yeah, you. It <laughs> has done some damage in the past. Oh my God! I would have to say that I think Old E is probably one of the most famous drinks in rap music is that would that be uh would that be an accurate statement i don't know i mean let's Can bring we, let's bring in let's our bring guests. in our guest let's to answer this guests. question and we'll, much more we'll, we'll we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about scientific madness in a moment <laughs> but um ladies and gentlemen want to bring in our guest tyree dillahay 
mm. producer, director, artist extraordinaire. Janitor. Uh, <laughs> he takes out the garbage when he needs to. Um, he he picks up a pencil and does magic for a lot of your favorite tunes. Um, if you've ever heard of Bob's Burgers, and I think I've heard. Yeah, of that. this is a little, <laughs> little indie film, indie project, you know, right. uh, that you might have seen a few hundred episodes of. Um, Tyree's been responsible for a lot of that. Um, before that, a lot Giving of him some intro music. You yeah. Heard <laughs> Um, some epic projects, including um, Rob Durdeck's Wild Grinders, uh, the 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 creator-owned project Hippopolis. Mm. Um, oh, I I don't I don't even know about that. Right, we'll get into that. We'll get into that as well as <laughs> sounds um, like a city of hip hop. Mm-hmm. His oh. current <laughs> his current recurring um, animation series slash comic book panel Snets. This guy's done a lot. He's busy, so. And I heard he's an overall just nice guy. I never said that. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't don't know where you heard that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking up my rep. Man, I knew it. (laughs) Those words never came out of my mouth. Tyree's an asshole. Yeah, actually, I just, I wanted to get that answer from you. Oh, right. We gotta get that. It's like. You 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 fell right into my trap. There you go. And Tyree has also blessed uh, Blockhead's animation with his pencil. Well, then you know he's good. Storyboarding, uh sequence with Talib where Talib Kweli rhymes as black so making making black move his mouth to Talib's lyrics was probably a challenge man I mean that guy fucking rapid fire (laughs) without further ado Tyree talk to the people thank you thank you Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There you go. Good so, to be here. Good to be here. So can you weigh in on that uh, statement I made earlier about the OE? Um, so, yeah. Next next to it's Old E and St. Ides. Right. Right. Those would be the most popular. But was St. Ides only got popular because they had a commercial they with had Ice Cube. Lots of commercials. Right, right. But before <laughs> right. that. It was OE. OE was around before St. Ides. Well, OE is right? like, well, the tipping point <laughs> for St. Ides was those commercials. But OE was was the, the hood staple. Right. Like from hood to hood, from borough to borough, you knew what OE was. Right. But St. Ides, as soon as you saw it on television, yeah. then it was that was the tipping point. It's like, yo. Put that old E down. Let's right. go grab this St. Ides. Yeah, yeah. The new. Yeah. The new. Because the new, new. it's officially endorsed, <laughs> yeah. you know, yes. by gangster rap. <laughs> that is true. Now, let me ask you this. Mm. Still today. Posters. Is it OE or is it St. Ides? See, it's OE. Yeah. Right. So, you know what's kind of interesting? Classic. And I don't know if this is interesting yeah. or not. But did you guys see Fresh Dressed? The, Fre- the CNN. Freshly Dressed. Fre- I thought it was Fresh Dressed. Fresh Fresh dress, whatever. Fresh dress. It's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. but it, but the point was is that um, early on, it seemed that there was brands that like Louis Vuitton and Gucci, these brands that were kind of outside the hood. They got made into just the staple, you know. Yeah. And then everyone was like, "Fuck! Why are we doing them a favor? Let's make our own." 
that, right? That all happens all in cycles anyway. And then it's gone back now to the Louis Vuitton and yeah. the this. And then it'll 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 always do like that. Fashion yeah. trends, it's all cyclical. Because remember, it's like no, we not fucking with that. And then the, the Dapper Dan started making Dapper Dan suits. Yep. Rock Eric being Rock him, uh, you name it. Everybody's was wearing Dapper Dan suits, so now everybody got to get a Dapper Dan suit. Then, uh, then I think you fast forward like 20 years later, then you see 50 Cent on the cover of Get Rich or Die Trying, and he's got like not a Dapper Dan suit, but a Dapper Dan uh, gun holster. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like it's like Gucci, right. Gucci, like Gucci didn't make a fucking or Louis Vuitton didn't make a fucking uh, gun holster, right? <laughs> you know, that's some Dapper Dan shit, like yeah. making some custom stuff. So, and then that died down. It's like, nah, what you wearing? That's like fake. You know, everybody be like, nah, that's fake. And then here we are again, fast forwarding. And then here it comes all over again. Customizing is right. back in, wearing things that you made your own. You right. Know? So, Saint Ives has uh, some promise to come back. Because the no. cycle. Saint Ives, <laughs> this, this is the dirty secret about Saint Ives. It tastes like trash. Like, it just never tasted good. Yeah, the formaldehyde thing. Is I that actually, true? I think that's like one of those urban legends. Right. Like it, it really didn't happen. Nobody can who like really. That's not really going to pass FDA approval. <laughs> right. To right. have formaldehyde. Right. Like, it was almost like a badge of honor. Like I drank malt liquor and it had formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm alive. Still alive. Well, I guess you would be. Yeah. Should you're well preserved if you drink yeah, formaldehyde. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, is is one of those things. I mean, is a moment in time for yeah. a lot of people. And so, the fact that it did did made a comeback. It was it's out. You know, I mean, forties. You can't find a forty. I remember um, visiting because I grew up in LA mostly, but I would go back east. I remember visiting my cousin in New Jersey. He lived in Rahway, New Jersey. And so we would go down to the corner store and be like, "Okay, well, what's to drink tonight?" Because we're going into the city. Mm-hmm. And somehow we thought it was a good idea to get a 64. <laughs> and how old were, and how old were you? <laughs> I was not of age. Let's say that. <laughs> so little ass Brandon, is basically immature Brandon, mm-hmm. is trying to drink a 64 ounce. Yeah. <laughs> somehow we decided that was a good idea to drink a 64 and go into into New York City. But um, that that shit was available. That yes. is no longer available. I think right. that's a that's, that's a that's a community good. You you want to the thing that stopped me? I mean, because I I tried. I w- I bought the hype, right? I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood that um, you know, everyone loved hip hop. We were it's a hip hop thing. So people were drinking. They started drinking forties because people were talking about drinking forties. Mm-hmm. I stopped drinking forties after the first one. And I'll tell you why. Because I couldn't drink it as fast, and that shit gets warm, and it's worse. Yeah, yeah. it's worse. So I was like, "Why have a whole forty just to show off?" Yeah. When it, I'm drinking the worst drink because it's warm. <laughs> so if I drink a, a, a can, mm. I'm at least gonna get done with it faster, and I get a next one. It's cold. Right. Just, I agree. Right. I agree. And, I mean, that could have been your your entry application to uh, law school. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Like I broke down this logic at yeah. an early age, you yeah. know, so when it came to my alcohol yeah. consumption. I guess because so. I never really—I mean, I like alcohol. I can definitely drink some, but yeah. it took me a while. Yeah. And then when I and when I was starting it, it was how can I get fucked up as fast as possible? So I would do, we would do vodka. 
So I'd take a whole vodka, go straight to the head with it, and then end up puking. Hated vodka. Rum. All right, got to go there. Boom. Puke. Next. Whiskey. You know, it didn't matter. And then I just was like, fuck drinking. There it is. Yeah. I mean, so we're not drinking. We're sipping. No, I just want to really clarify that. <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know, we, we kind of, you know, started this segment in, in fun and jest. But, you know, some people can't drink, you no. know. I mean, for me, it's like I can't be around bad food, you know, because I'll eat bad food. Some people can't be around alcohol without taking it to the hilt. Mm, We're yeah. just sipping, you yeah. guys. Yeah, no, no. You Listen, know, there, I, there, I, there's, I, there's studies that show people that sip, you know, tend cool. to be, yeah. But when you, when you go too hard, you can take OE too far. Yeah. Out of nostalgia, I age. <laughs> we're not trying to. We're not yeah. trying to promote that. Any any uh, alcohol story for you before we get done with the segment, Tyree? <laughs> alcohol stories. Uh, I got vertigo off my first <laughs> try of tequila. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do tell. Oh God. Were you doing any kind of art? <laughs> the art of the Kama Sutra, oh. like that was pretty oh, that, much. That was pretty much it. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all I know is that I was drinking tequila with some girl, and then it was blackout. And then I wake up the next morning. She was like, "You were wonderful." <laughs> wow, really? I was because I don't remember shit. <laughs> Tell me all about it. <laughs> oh, blah, blah, blah. really? Yeah, we did that. You really? really? Have you ever replicated wow. those things? <laughs> I, I think I tried, but I don't think it was as dope as <laughs> the way she was describing it. Oh, man, that's there great. There you go. That's yeah. a good story. No, but so so by the time I get to the car and get home, I mean, I'm already kind of, you know, just hung over. And then when I get home, like, I'm tipping over. I'm not just hung over. I'm tipping over. Oh, man. And then before you know it, I'm like, I'm, I'm in it. I'm over a trash can like a small trash oh. can a small, small bathroom trash can that thing is filled and i have nothing left to give i'm uh, telling my stomach like yo right. this and, is all we got and you're still dry heaving <laughs> like do you want like is it, it you're gonna give up a liver at this point <laughs> like chill yeah P- psa to all the kids out there yeah oh yeah. I, at that point i was like yo but every time i see tequila it's like it's like holy water i'm like <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy how that works yeah because you, you you flash back to that moment it's You're a like, smell too if you smell it see but that's the thing i'm i can i will never i don't take tequila shots anymore but i'll have it like in my margarita you'll sip it yeah no not no it has no, to be it has, oh, to, it has be, to be mixed. Yeah, it has, yeah it has right. to be in something but yeah. straight mm-mm, never mm. everybody be like no you're such a pussy let's take these shots i'm like fuck you i yeah. am <laughs> Let me tell you a story, and then, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, okay, I got you." Yeah. Now speaking of the old school, I wanted to um, just do some time porting and 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 traveling. We're not big on chronology on this show, but themes. And I noticed certain things coming up in the media, or not even in the media, in, in the public consciousness hmm. this year. And one of them is Inglewood. You know, people yeah. are talking about Inglewood. Yeah, the, like, the wood is hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing. Like, the you wood know, is hot. it's the, always been hey, part of uh, a division of L.A. Right. It's, it's always it's been home of the Lakers. You know. Yeah. It's been all these things, but it seems like it's 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 going beyond local Southern California and really. Well, you know. it it helped when they redid the forum. Yeah. I well, mean that. 
They redid the form. It Inglewood became like it was like city of the year or something mm. last year. Like mm. they said that when uh, the MTV Awards was last oh, year God. and they held it there. Mm. They were like, yeah, Inglewood was city yeah. of the year. And yeah, it's gotten some pub. Yeah. I mean, shit, I was born there. What, what else do you need? Ah, that's a yeah, coincidence that you brought it up. <laughs> and, right. yeah. we're, we're in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, we're probably not more than 10 miles from Inglewood, but, but I'm sure it seemed, growing up, it seemed. I have a story, you know, I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram, but I had a story from when I was a little kid growing up in Inglewood. So I grew up on the intersection of Manchester and Fifth Avenue. If you stand at the, at the intersection of Manchester and Fifth Avenue and you look north, You'll and you look high, you actually see the Hollywood sign, mm. Mm. and that always on a clear day. On a clear day, that always tripped me out. Mm. Like wh- number one, I didn't know what that place was. I knew I lived in Inglewood, but what is Hollywood? Really? Yeah. How old are you at this time? Um, this this is life. Like all through really? life. Mm. Like this, I started living in Inglewood when I was probably like ten, no eight, mm-hmm. eight. From where before that? Uh, I lived in the valley, like Pacoima, San Fernando Valley, okay. around that area. Um, stayed with my grandparents for a little bit and then came back to my mother's house and then stayed there you know, forever until I got out the house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, always seeing that sign and like what, is, like, what is that? And then, of course, later on, I realized, okay, that's, that's Hollywood. But now here I am working in Hollywood. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, that was always trippy is like uh, seeing that early sign of the the kind of like the pathway to my life and not even knowing that that's where I was actually going to go. Wow. Mm, and deep. and did you ask about it? Did you? No. No, you just accepted that. Yeah, I was just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. You had enough going on around you. Yeah, no, plenty. I grew up in, you know, the height of gang violence, crack, drugs. I mean, you name it. Like, that was the 80s. That was when, you know, colors came out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I was living in Can colors. You, okay. <laughs> Go, were you gonna say something, B? Let's let's talk about because I gotta ask questions. I, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you dive in. I'm gonna let you dive in. I'm gonna let you dive in. So in Inglewood, see, I grew up on the west side. Mm-hmm. So Santa Monica, Venice. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up. I grew up, you know, around white people, mm-hmm. and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would no, go actually, to the I, I would go to the boys diverse. and girls club. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I I was in the mix. I was always, you know, around black people as well. But that's not where I lived. Right. You know, I I lived your true in demographic a very was with white, white people. area. Right. But at the same time, it wasn't posh necessarily. It right. was it was just white. But at that time, I was keenly aware of what was going on mm-hmm. in terms of gang violence and, and gangs. Mm-hmm. I, you were just aware. There's no internet, you know, pre, pre-internet. But you were just aware of, you know, what colors not to wear, you know. And for us, the preponderance, even the, like, West Side um, high schools had gangs, mm-hmm. like, you know, but they were... I mean, they were soft relative to yeah, they, rolling they 60s, yeah, rolling 30s. You know, mm-hmm. we had Playboy gangsters and West mm-hmm. Side crazies. And, you know, we had we had bad actors, <laughs> but we didn't have, you know. I mean, we weren't in the heart of it. Right. But I was still aware. Right. Like, I was not to wear red. Like, because you I, don't. my life could end. Right. But, but that was just based on demographics like you were on the west side i was on the west side but see here's this here's the thing about inglewood which you know if you want to learn about territory inglewood is a city of bloods right but 
if you were to draw a square, Inglewood sits in the center, and then it's surrounded by crypts. Mm. So it's, it's kind of weird. So it's like if, you, if you're a crypt, right, you pass by this blood area, but then you're right back home to another area of crypts. Whereas bloods, as soon as you step out that little that square that is Inglewood, you're surrounded by <laughs> by Crips. Right. So that's where, probably Chris. That's Chris. <laughs> oh, th- this is a good time to come in, maybe. But we got oh, Chris. Oh, yeah. He, Chris is is come not on, jumping Chris. on the mic. He's uh, he's got a good delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, actually. Hey, Brandon. Good Are we pausing? Oh no, we don't have. To. Uh, keep it on there. Keep going, keep What's going, up, Chris? Sure. What's up, Adam? Adam. Good to meet you. So you were talking earlier, Tyree, about customization. Yeah, customization. And th- right? right? And then you and things are getting customized now. Yeah, again. That's what Chris is delivering right now, right? right? Yeah, Chris is delivering. So, right so this is just a this is just an evening in Tyree's life. Yeah, you know, he, he wanders over to do a podcast. To do a podcast, and someone has got yeah and customization and, right, for him. Right. So what what do we got here? today i just got the homie chris with the fresh you want to get on real quick and describe it you know i wear 13s right well you say you actually wear a twitter no 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 no. (laughs) i wear 13s legit like me 13s it's a big feat yeah man i I, at one point i might have thought they were 12 (laughs) i think i think you just got a very wide 12 (laughs) <laughs> that you I, I, can't so, a, I can't foot a 12 on my foot anymore. So really? I'm so, like, is this old age? No, but you, oh. no, you actually, the new Nikes, like, Everything you don't know smaller. what, you yeah, you don't know what size you are anymore. I'm, I'm in right. a pair of size, I had to buy a pair of size 14 LeBrons. 14, I'm, I'm in it. I yeah. wear a 13. There's other yeah. shoes. I had to buy a 12. Yeah. I'm a 13. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there's an Adidas, some Y3s. I had, I had to buy them in an 11. Mm. 11. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it just wasn't fitting right. It was like a pair of, um, they call them cases. Mm-hmm. It was a pair of cases, and the shoe, if you buy it at your exact size, you fucking swimming in that thing. It's like a boat. Right. Like, And I was like, nah, we got to lower the size, so I had to get an 11. Okay, so you're not only you're not only Nike. You're not, you're oh, no. You're, you're, you're nah, not. there's no, uh, nobody pays me to wear this stuff. I, I buy it. That's so. how I feel. That's Man, these feel. cats, they, oh, they got to. They act like I they act actually, like gang members. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, it's swoosh gang. Who? It's swoosh gang. Segway. Uh, Segway. So, who who's Chris Tyree? Man, Chris is my homeboy. I know Chris is from Inglewood. Yeah, we grew we grew up like four blocks away. I've, I've known this dude since uh, fifth grade, and here we are. You know, thirty plus years later. Wow. You know, still here. And I was telling Brandon earlier, it's like it's crazy that. Sneakers actually brought us back together again. That's true. Sneakers did. Sneakers brought us back together again. So it's it, it's just crazy just to come full circle. But but even back then, you know, you talk about some old like I don't run around telling people, you know, I've been in the sneaker shit for you. I don't I don't do that. But me and Chris, <laughs> we we was in the, we was in the sneakers back then. Right. You Chris, remember those Air Jordan 5s I had? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Jordan, Chris, Chris was the first person with some white Air Jordan 5s, but couldn't hoop worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're saying I mean, times I got swatted. <laughs> Chris, but Chris was fresh, though. He was there, fresh as them did, Jordan 5s. Did, 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 you, did you have the toothbrush to them Jordan 5s like every day? <laughs> no, no, no. I okay. wasn't into cleaning them. I was just rocking them till. 
Yeah. So it was Okay. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but see, that's what you did yeah. back then. You was really, you was literally on some be like Mike shit. Like yeah. you was like, yo, I got the Jordans. I I can hoop. Yeah. I believe I can fly. Yeah, I can hoop. And we was all doing that stuff. Chris had the white Jordans. I, I got the black ones later. We was just fresh. The Jordan fives though with the clear bottoms, right? They did have the clear bottoms. Yeah, they those, had those clear. were dirty early. Yeah. yeah, they were. They were. Those are the yeah. ones that had the. Those are the ones that had the first reflective tongue. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. The, and the toggle. Yeah, yeah, the little yeah. lace lock, and as he was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, it's right. like, "What is 3M. this?" Three M. Yep, three yeah. M. It's like those are the, those are the days, man. So OG shit. So Chris, <laughs> tell in case anyone's interested, is there anywhere they can go to see your you your work, your customization? Well, well, first of all, what do you do? Yeah, with regards to shoes. Well, uh, let's see. A few months ago, I started customizing. Uh, it's a popular custom. A lot of people are doing them, but uh, Rian trusted me. It's an Air Jordan One laser, customized to the fragment color: royal blue, black, white. And uh, yeah, I'm glad he uh, contacted me, and we reunited. Nice. And when you do this nice. for anybody, no pun intended. Reunited. Yeah, I will do it for anybody. Okay. If well, they if they pay, right? Yeah. And how? How oh, could only if they how, pay. how do they contact you? <laughs> um, see your work. Yeah, I think the best way to see examples are on uh, Instagram okay. at sincere since seventy six. At sincere seventy six. Since seventy six. Spell it out. S i n c e r e s i n c e seven six. Okay. All right. That's right. That right. boy went since seventy six. That since boy went 76. to college. Got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> you see how fast he spelled that shit <laughs> without breaking a sweat. Yes. I don't right. think I could do that. Um. So yeah. So Reed was just walking us through. Um, okay. We were right talking about the eighties. We were talking about the eighties and just and and really how it broke down what? in Inglewood in terms of gang territory. gang territory and how you had to function, how you had to mm. operate. So real quick. I want to give the outside, because you are L.A., you know a little bit about it. I grew up in Cincinnati and then Cleveland, and I moved out here in 95. And I had, I was obviously, never been to L.A. before, and I loved hip-hop. I knew all about, you know, everything that there was to know other than being in L.A. by listening to music, reading the magazines, everything that you could do, follow the videos, whatever. And I was, I thought sincerely that if I came out to LA, didn't matter what I looked like, I just said, if I wore a wrong color, <laughs> that I would get shot. I was worried there were gang violence on every corner. Now, obviously I moved out here and I realized that was pretty naive, but I had never been out here. I didn't know what it was like. You only see yeah. colors and that thing. But what was that like that at some time at in, in Inglewood? Mm, yeah, if you was in certain areas. Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember uh, when I went to Crozier, mm-hmm. seventh grade, I wore a pair of BKs, British Knights. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got a little bit of heat, a lot of heat for it. So it was alive if you wore the wrong color and right in the wrong area. Mm. But, you know, it also can depends on how you carry yourself. And what was the science behind why you got heat for wearing BKs? Because they were blood killers. Mm. BK stands for blood killers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, all so, right. I know right. for the people. Yeah, for, okay. and for me. Right. Because there's, there's certain codes like, you know, Oh man, I remember being somewhere and realizing because my mother's from Boston, and I remember being somewhere and realizing that I had a Boston hat on. 
I was not, you know, and mm-hmm. I was in a crip neighborhood. Right. I was in 30s neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let me take this off. Yeah. And I was just driving, like, mind you. Uh-huh. Let me just slide this right on off my head. Because mm-hmm. Smart guy. I, I'm a target right now. So so mm-hmm. what was that like growing up there? Like that? I mean, is it is just being really aware? Aware of your surroundings. You're like you talk about concrete jungles. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what it is. You're in a city and there's animals out here and you don't want to look like prey. <laughs> mm. So is that moving in groups? Is that not like me, like People like Chris and like we we didn't join gangs. It's just knowing where and when and who to hang out with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty much just that simple. I I knew we clearly knew gang members. We grew right. up all around them. We seen them banging. <laughs> right. Like, but that just that wasn't me. That wasn't him. That like that just wasn't our thing. Everybody like for me personally, everybody knew I was the artist. Like mm. in 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 every neighborhood, I think it's it, no matter what color, everybody has their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, this is the jock. Uh, this is this is the playboy. This is the pretty boy. Uh, this is the artist. You know, and, and then you you you, you kinda, play that role. You play that role. This is the thug. You know, <laughs> and uh, all the thugs kind of group together. Exactly. All the, all the hoopers group together. Then the artist, like the artist, sits on the outside, mm-hmm. or. Or you, or you might be the book smart dude. Or, then, then sometimes, then, but there's certain people that can mingle. I think there's a meme where it says, um, "Artists are the most dangerous people because they can mingle with everybody." Mm-hmm. So with me, I, it's like it's almost like you're protected. I get a badge. I can walk in and be like, "Artist, <laughs> artist, artist." Yeah. Oh, oh it's the nigga Tyree. Draw me, draw me throwing up my gangsta. You know, it's yeah, like right, so. Right. It's like I get a pass, right? You know, and I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to You're be just down. being you. I'm being me, yeah. and right? it worked. Right. And I'm accepted just for being me. And I've always operated like that. Yeah, That's cool. What, what what would you say is the thing that solidified? Because uh, Mark, a Mad Twin, mm-hmm. said to me one time that everybody is an artist. You know, yes. it's just those who stop you yeah. know yeah. stop doing art like literally when you're six and you're finger painting like you are just as much an artist as you know somebody in a gallery yeah. but at some point you decide or are told you know yeah this is your thing this exactly. is not how, how did that work for you uh, a couple of ways um one my mother was always Okay, for those that don't know, well, no, I, I don't even need to tell that. My mother was basically stealing paper from work, <laughs> right? So you know how you get the reams? Uh-oh. No, go. Keep on going. Okay, so you know how you get the reams of paper from work? Like, uh, five, was it five, 200 sheets? Those would be my sketchbooks. So she would bring out the ring, okay. and then that would be my sketchbook, right? Mm. So I'm drawing, I'm drawing. But one day, I started getting interested in other things. Like, I was, I think, like, uh, what was it? American Werewolf in London or something that came out, right? And then Thriller came out, and then there was this magazine, funny that we're in the shop. Remember Fangoria? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fangoria was out, and I'm looking at this new art form called Special Makeup Effects. (laughs) Yeah, Chris can attest. I think I did did some casting on you. you Yeah, so so I'm up here. I'm the only black dude in the hood fucking doing makeup effects, right? Right. 
And then my did you mother, order you ordered them? Uh, no, no. Yeah, so the here's the, no. Okay. So here's the thing. My like I said, my grandparents. Well, I think we talked about this off the air, but mm. my grandparents, um, they were over in the valley, and there was a a shop called Berman Foam Latex, and they they actually sold makeup effects products. So every time that I visited my grandparents, then I'd go pick that shit up and then bring it back to mm. Inglewood and then do my little experiments on all my friends, like Chris <laughs> and then George and whoever else would let me do it. <laughs> Cool. Um, cool. So then later, so then I'm telling so my Halloween, mom, you were popular. Yeah, but the funny, you know what the funny thing was though? But I never really made anything substantial enough to be ready for uh, Halloween. Like it was always just some practice. Like it was right. like a little experiment happening. But my mother, one day she was like, Tyree, why, why are you doing all this kind mm. of stuff? She was like, uh, this is a true story. And I'm like, because well, like I like it. This is the kind of stuff I want to do. She was like, baby. I don't know how to tell you this, but there's nobody really like you that does this. Mm. Now, I grew up in a single family household. Right. It's just me and my mother, me and my black mom. And she's telling me at that point, basically, like, there's no there's no black people that actually do this. Mm. Right. So why are you doing it? Damn. But me, at 13 years old, <laughs> I stood there. This is a true story. And I'm like, how could you tell me that? Yeah, was yeah. I holding him down? Yeah. How, how you, could you tell me that? You told her that. Yeah. I said, how could you tell That's me that? That's awesome. I'm like, and she's like, what, 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 you know, like, kind of confused and I'm kind of right. standing up. I'm like, I'm your son. You're yeah. supposed to tell me I can do anything <laughs> I want to do. Right. Right. <laughs> and then from <clears throat> that day on, she was, she, she said, she basically cut it off right. She, she was like, you're right. Yeah. That'll never happen again. And then it just kept going. So I'm just I'm just steadily just doing me. But trust me, mm. there was a time when I actually fell off, but then came back and it was like, yo, you were kind of meant to do this. So right. stop fucking around and get to business. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I actually that just that what you said. That, I mean, that's a cool life lesson that the parent can still learn from the kid, oh, or that yeah. this you know the teacher can learn from the student. And it sounds like. That one moment. Does your mom recognize how powerful that one moment is, even yeah. in her life? Oh yeah, no, we talk about. Well, we have talked about it. We don't need to repeat it. Uh, right. Like keep talking about right, it. Right, right, right. But we we have talked. It's like We've acknowledged it. Yeah, it's like yo, like. But she could sense the passion in me. You yeah. know, it's not. It's not like I was just up there. You know, like this wasn't you, something. You weren't was, back talking. Yeah, it was just like like she could sense like yo, this dude's serious. Right. <laughs> like right. he means. That's this. interesting. That's interesting. Because um, my youngest does you know little projects like that i mean and she takes it seriously that's all you can everything ask for everything stops you know what i mean and she just goes goes hard that's that's really cool and i wouldn't have expected that because i've met your mom on more than one occasion and that that was the vibe that i got like so supportive you know what i mean yeah. like had you like 1000% was promoted started you. that day wow. <laughs> officially nice. started that that's day that's amazing that's a great story absolutely all right, so um, so so Inglewood, late eighties, early nineties, is like the height of the gangster rap era, mm-hmm. right? You got the battle ram, you know. I mean, shit is popping off. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how how are you? I mean, is this something that? I mean, what were you doing on the day to day? You know, to like. Number one, I mean, did you realize how, like, what a precarious situation, you know, well, yeah. oh. you were in? And <laughs> well, how like, did you how did you survive day to day? Like, you're in high school, I imagine. You know, w- what was your routine? Well, 
in the high school, t- well, it's two different times. It's like it's pre-high school and then there's high school. Right. In the pre-high school, you're well, me personally, like Chris, he, he went to Crozier, right, for the middle school. But then my mother was being that things were really popping. She was like, you got to go to private school. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she sent me to Pilgrim. But okay. then I got kicked out of Pilgrim and then I had to come back to Inglewood. And then that's when I went to Inglewood High School for the next four years. Okay. Okay. So, but in terms of navigation. So you're back on Manchester. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but so being back on Manchester, I'm taking the bus straight up Manchester to go to Inglewood High School. Mm-hmm. And then every day, at least every other day, I'm looking at some fight on the bus. Right. Uh, people getting pulled out the bus. Right. People shooting at the bus. You know, walking to school, seeing other. Do- I, w- I remember one time I'm on Manchester. This actually has happened a couple of times, but I'll tell you one time in particular because it was very close to me. I'm walking on Manchester. This is on Manchester and Crenshaw, where the rallies was. And there was a pick and save right there. And it's just, it's literally just, and I'm. I'm no more than half a block away from it. And there's these dudes walking in a parking lot, right? And I'm by this, like, bank that used to be there. This way long gone. And there's some dudes rolling around, you know, like some Suzuki samurai kind of thing. Mm. And they literally stop and firing at everybody. Whoa. Wow. Firing at them. I'm looking out over there. So I'm like, did I just? What the (laughs) Like, this just happened right in front of me. Right. Right? Damn. But it's like, but I'm looking, nobody got hit, though. And they said, yo, everybody good? Everybody good? We good? Mm. Kept walking. Mm. Wow. Right? But, I mean, it's so many stories. Yeah. I can tell you so many stories, but, I mean, but that's what you had to deal with. But my whole thing was Because that's the crazy, I mean, because where I grew up, like, I got into like more than I would ever want for my kids to get into. So I can only imagine, you oh, know. Man. I mean, like I, I mean, said, just d- witnessing somebody getting shot at. Yeah. Gang sweeps. I mean, they talk about poli- police I got caught I got right caught in now. a gang sweep. Oh, of course. Twice. How many? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually three times. They had this shit called Remember Project Hope? You ever been to Project Hope? Project Hope was a shit. It was gang sweeps. They just, anybody that was out loitering, ditching, anybody that they assumed was gang. I think I was wearing some polo shit at the time. Mm-hmm. It was it was red. It had some red shit in it. Right. There was a time, actually, where I, I had stopped because once you realized that you were in Inglewood and if you were wearing red, you were safe, uh-huh. then I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just start wearing, 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 wearing some red. red yeah, right? exactly. At first, I didn't, wanna be I... A, I didn't want to be affiliated with being a blood. But once you actually really got into it, it's like, nah, they could tell who was actually being a blood and then who was just being fresh. Right. right. But the police don't know any difference. They're looking at you like, yo, you wearing some red? Come here. Yeah, profile. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, come here. So we all went to Project Hope. And that's just, Project Hope is just a place, just sit here. Uh-huh. It's almost like... A little mini jail, like, but not really, because you just you just sitting in a room, like, between just doing jail, nothing between jail and detention. Yeah, you just doing piss nothing. you off, piss you off enough to commit some real crimes. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean the eighties, and and then um, I, I mean colors coming out was obviously what was that like when colors came out? Yeah, was that? I like, want to hear oh. you guys' story. Colors, colors. <laughs> Colors. 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 Relate a little bit. It's, I, it's all about the song, really. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ice-T was, was the only thing about that movie. He was. He, I got a funny. Remember George? Yeah. Okay. Jo- there was a kid named George who lived like three blocks away from me. Chris actually, I'd say he lived four, but he actually probably lived like about six or seven blocks. So George lived about three blocks away from me, right? Mm. George's brother was a crip. 
Mm-hmm. So he in turn. He, in Inglewood and Avenues? No, nah, no, nah, he didn't live there. Oh. He didn't live there. But his brother would come and they would know. He was like, and the people would be asking George, like, hey, your brother been around? You know, like looking for him and shit. So anyway, George, um, there would be people like literally, George would be walking around. <laughs> this is my first instance of like on some, like, I don't, almost like how families, like how it just, it passes on. Mm-hmm. Like the bullshit keeps passing on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So George was there and this fool would be walking around with like some blue corduroy house oh, shoes. George. But this, but he's my age, so it's like at that time we like ten, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be sweating, they'd be like lightweight sweating him, but it's like you know he's ten, so it's like mm-hmm. you're not about to really like beat his ass, right. but it's just like why is this ten year old wearing this blue? Right, and then he's like, oh, like, yeah. and just for just for just for clarification, edification, yeah. what he's talking about the corduroy slippers. AKA Croker Sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Why were they called Croker Sacks? You got a name. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know either. But, okay, so that's like you are banging. Right. Like, no doubt about it. If you're wearing you know, slippers? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Corduroy slippers. That, yeah, that, that's that, just Even more so banging. than the chucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, people would be in the hood. Like, yeah. those are like shoes. Right. <laughs> I got a girl hanging out, out on the court, yeah. porch. And Was anyone able to like the banging. Dodgers in Inglewood? No. You couldn't even like the no. no. That was back back then. They didn't have, like, multicolor caps where you could right. buy caps in all colors. No. It no. was the yeah. team colors, and that was it. So and you it, couldn't do that. And it was, it was the flip for – it was a flip on any almost anywhere else. If you were wearing some red, like, everyone's looking at you crazy. Right. So you guys in Inglewood, Tyree and Chris – you're existing in this little in bubble. Ingle, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Exactly. We're in Inglewood, but right. it's like I said, Inglewood is in a square it's and like, it's surrounded by Crips. So as soon as you step out the square, right, like you you in a, you you're in you're in everybody else's land. But it's saying like Inglewood is its own little thing. Mm. So, so maybe that is why it's so popular now because it truly is its own little thing. So so we were talking though about colors though and and, yes. that, and what that came when that first came out. What was that a movie that? You guys were like, oh, yeah, that's ain't, that's weak. What year was that? Uh, it's like 87, 87, 88, I think it like was that. a little bit later than that. Nah, nah it, it can't I be. I think you're right. Because it wasn't, it wasn't in the 90s. Was, I think it was It was still in the 80s. Yeah. Because I think Colors came out at the same time. as like yeah, RoboCop. Grade, yeah, grade school, I wasn't. <laughs> what did you guys do for Colors? I mean, did you guys go see the movie? No, actually, I, I saw it on bootleg with George. I saw it on VHS. Oh, yeah, okay, you right. saw it on bootleg. <laughs> yeah. I think my dad rented that for me. <laughs> <laughs> rented with I Rented quotes. the VHS. <laughs> yeah. We had, there was a liquor. Okay. There was a video store right around the corner uh, that's, that's mm-hmm. when you could actually still go to a video store video that's yeah, why i used to get all my posters God, i used to be like yo i'm an artist that's what that was my pitch to 88 get poster. 88 yeah it was definitely what was the 80s. first what was the first thing that you remember like just geeking out on like as a piece of fiction you know obviously you work in animation now oh yeah me and know. chris we were we were into comic books too oh yeah okay. Let's so let's talk about that yeah, anything that was during like between the time that Marvel, like Marvel, was at its peak. Mm. And what, then, what was the stuff that you were feeling? Anything X- Spike Lee? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Anything Spike Lee? Yeah. I mean, not Spike Lee. Uh, Jim Lee. Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. Jim Lee. Spike Todd Lee McFarlane. at the time was big though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same era. Right, it's right. all the no. same era. Mm-hmm. No, Jim Lee. Todd McFarlane, all the dudes that basically image. Yep, that fled Marvel and then went to Image. Mm-hmm. Like it was like Marvel had this big boom and it was like, yo, 
we out. And then they all went to Image, and we we followed with them. Yeah. And we was at the comic book shops. We was at the comic book convention. We was buying shit. And that was during the time where you actually thought comics were worth money, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would invest our lunch money in that. Yeah. There you go. So there what comic go. shops were you going to Gotham. back then? Gotham. On Crenshaw. Was, no, was it Jeffries? Jeffries. Jeffries. Oh, I said, okay. Yeah, because it had a G. Uh, yeah, you know, Jeffrey's Comics um, by El Camino College. I don't remember the cross street, but it's on Crenshaw, right up the street near the South Bay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we was up there. And then if we could, I think we might have got a ride one time to Golden Apple. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Melrose. Yeah. And which which characters were really like you're like this is my guy? Spider Man, Wolverine, yeah. anything Todd McFarlane was drawing. Yeah, <laughs> Weapon yeah. X, Wolverine. Nice. I was a big fan of Akira. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chris put me on the Akira. He's like, yo, have you seen this shit, though? Fuck it all. Yeah, have you seen this? I was like, what the fuck is this? Did you guys? <laughs> <laughs> what is this red pill? Yeah, what are these? what, what yeah. the fuck? And we was looking at, we was geeking out, like, what uh -huh. the fuck is this? And then yeah. looking at Ninja Scrollers. Oh, yeah, and then it's like, so, yeah, yeah. Then you start, and then the steam rolls. It's then like, you yo, were then done. You, yeah, yeah then you, you were done at that point. Yeah, you if start, you were drawing and you saw Ninja Scrolls. Yeah, you start getting into yeah. new shit, and then Street Fighter comes out, and you're like, oh, what? Fucking nerd ejaculation <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so did any, did anyone see the movie uh, the new movie Dope? That I haven't that seen, seen it yet. Oh, you guys! I want to see, see it, but I just haven't had a chance. You got to place that, in the bottoms over there in Inglewood. Yeah, no, you guys got to see that. Yeah. Um, I actually was able to attend a screening in um, in New York, and, and it was interesting because Rick. Who is the director of the of yeah, dope? He's, he's from here. He, yeah, he's from Inglewood. He's the original director of the Wood, but you see this as an evolution, you know, and it's kind of talking about like contemporary kids, but who are, you know, living in Inglewood, but they're the nerds, mm -hmm. you know, and how the nerds get mixed up in some shit yeah. where they're way over their skis. Mm -hmm. And um, no, uh, it's interesting because um, ASAP Rocky is in a movie, mm -hmm. and I and and I was like, that's gonna kill it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ASAP, you know, <laughs> you know they had Harlem Cat, you know. Uh, of course, he has a name, you know. You you're gonna get the movie made, right? Um, but actually pulls it off and he pulls it off in a way where he's not trying to act like something he's not you know it's just very natural so um that was one thing that i was like you know incredible job by by him and by the director in terms of pulling out a performance that was both real to asap and then didn't take you out of what the movie is supposed to be mm -hmm. and it's basically a caper movie so it's fun you mm -hmm. know um as well it's not a message movie necessarily as much as it is you know just some characters so i definitely highly recommend it for anyone who's into hip-hop comics all things nerd related because this is this is like the nerds take over you know <laughs> <laughs> type of caper story and um you know Definitely, definitely worth uh, worth checking out. Yeah. So, Tyree, how'd you begin your nerd takeover? So you get into out comics. The, out the womb. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> early on, it was what? Saturday morning cartoons? Is that a thing that everyone... I mean, oh, I yeah. was I was there yeah, I mean, watching that. Like Thundercats, right? Silverhawks? Silverhawks, all that shit. Did you, what was the one that... Uh, anim, it was like a Japanese cartoon with... Um, damn. Robotech? It, 
No, it was yeah. it was not. It was before Voltron. Uh, it was that big ship, Star Blazers. Did you guys ever see that one? Yeah, yeah, saw that. That shit. was a good one. I, look, I looked at everything. So you were early Robot- on. Robotech was Robotech was big for me. See, yeah. mm-hmm. but I didn't big Robotech. I didn't actually like Robotech. What you had a problem with Min May? Beef with Min May? Actually, I did. I just got tired of hearing and she was <laughs> like it was just like what the fuck but like, it's like every time they went back to that fir- first season before it before it became like the romance you know that first season it would it you knew that episode was hard body right you know that that but first season, that's what killed yeah, me it was exactly. like after that min may like yeah. i get tired of hearing that damn name it's yeah. like get this shit out of here yeah but i could get man anytime the song came on i was like okay i'm ready so <laughs> it, it's weird like that um there's another uh, kind of bridge that came together where where it was, you know, you had this Asian culture, you know, and it just spoke to so many kids, you know, of the hip hop generation, you know, that it was somehow just more true and more real than anything else that we were seeing on TV. You know, you weren't you weren't you weren't really Jonesing for Scooby Doo. No. You know, you you weren't really Jonesing for Tom and Jerry. But see, at that point, like, I think that's part, that's where, like, if you talk to, um, like, LaShawn or somebody mm-hmm. like that, right. like, they, that's where they fell into, in love with anime. Me, that's when I was doing other shit. That's mm-hmm. when I was like, yo, what's up with making some beats? Right. Or what's up with uh, um, getting into special makeup effects? What's up with just getting into hip hop, more immersed into hip hop? Like, that's, that's where I took a different turn. Okay. Like, I stopped looking at art as much and then started getting into other interests and those other interests were fueling art right so like, what so what was the hip-hop thing now we talked comics a little bit mm-hmm. that you start off so what was the thing that you said hip-hop music rap music that's what i'm about yeah so like so i'm in seventh grade right i just got taken out of inglewood and transported into downtown la to go to this uh private school right mm-hmm. But then during the summer, so here, this is, a more, this is a new interesting story. So like I said, I came from a single family household, right? In seventh grade is the first time I meet my father since birth. Wow. Okay. So that summer, I go to meet him and stay with him and kind of hang out. Now, at the same time. And where's he living? He's living in like a, no, actually he was living in LA at the time. And then later he moved to Riverside. So okay. actually we started visiting over the summer. So, but at the same time, my father had two other kids. Um, I have an older half sister and an older half brother. My half brother was my entrance in the hip hop. Really? So he's DJing at the time. I'm I'm like 12, 13. How old is he? He's like 17, 18. Okay. And not only is he DJing, he's what year? 87. Oh shit! Right. So you had I, an instant older, yeah, older already, brother, yeah, exact instant role model, but right. it, to put me on. Now I was already in the hip hop, mm-hmm. right? So you know, obviously we're already sharing in WA tapes, right? You know, we're listening to Too Short, <laughs> <laughs> listening to Freaky Tales and all that shit. But then my brother comes in, and here's the other thing: my brother's from New Jersey. Uh oh. Right. Mm-hmm. The, my my father's side of the family is based in Atlantic City. That's home for them. So he's from New Jersey, and then he's bringing all the East Coast shit. So mm-hmm. he's like, yo, 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 yo. I know you've been listening to all that in WA. Too, like I said, too short, all that shit. Now let me put you on game. He's got crates and all that shit, so then he pulls out the EPMD. Oh. He pulls out the KRS-One. 
He pulls out um, Steady B. He uh, pulls out Big Daddy Kane. He pulls out Three Times Dope. He's pulling out all the shit. Right. Right. And then now my I'm, I'm my fucking head is wide open. <laughs> and at the same time, he's cutting hair. So that time, that summer that I come back, I come back with an arrow in the back of my head and uh-uh. all this shit. My, what the fuck? <laughs> my mother's like, yo, your father did this. I was like, no, my brother did it. And, She's and my, like, you got a brother? No. Yeah. Ex- no, she, she didn't know. But she was like, no, she was like, Daryl's out here? His name is Daryl? Because she, she thought he was still back east. Yeah. Okay, so okay. she didn't know he moved out. So he put me down on all that shit, and he was DJing and all that. This is when uh, DJ Scratch had won the DJ competition uh, before he became a DJ with EPMD. Right. Mm-hmm. Not too many people know, like, EPMD had a nut, like, you don't even know who the fuck the other DJ was before DJ Scratch. Right. But there's a cover of, I forget which album cover, there's a there's a 12-inch, back when they used to rock the 12-inch, right? They still make 12 inches, but they not do. like not right. like not like they, not like they did, yeah, with an actual cover. But it's DJ Scratch with his, with his DJ belt. Like mm, over his yeah. shoulder, mm. and he got Eric and Parrish next to him. Class, like yeah. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. Mm, mm. It's like, yo, like, who, like who the fuck has DJ belts now? No <laughs> motherfuckers can't even DJ, like right. for real fucking vinyl. Right. 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 Yeah. you know. Right. So it was like that was it. That was the introduction to hip hop. So then I was getting into that, and it's like, yo, and he's up there making beats. Uh-huh. I'm up there trying to make beats. You know what I'm saying? And then now I'm drawing different shit. I'm drawing people making beats. Right. Like, it's it's. Fuck, this is when De La Soul came out, right? Oh, and you remember so you the, saw that album cover with saw the snippets album. Exactly. and all the, the things, I'm looking the at cartoons all this shit. in there, and you're like, I could do better than that. Not, not that I no, not that I could do better. I'm inspired. Right. Now. Okay. I'm looking at. It, it reminded me of my mother used to collect albums too. It reminded me of Parliament and Funkadelic yes. oh, yeah. album covers. So I'm looking at all this shit, and it's just I'm just soaking all this in. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like when other people were getting into anime and all that stuff, I'm looking at. I'm looking at music and it's tr- it's doing something different to me. Did you? Would you read? Because I at that moment and those in time, I would read. I would. I was buying the tapes. Yeah. Because it was just I wasn't buying vinyl at that time. I was buying tapes, and I would read every shout out. Yeah. I would yeah. read oh, the liner notes. The lot everything yeah. because you had to. Yeah. And read everything because yeah. your currency in hip hop was your knowledge. Yeah. Of hip hop, and there was no other source except for. You know the rap pages that you might get, you or, know, or, later or source. on. Yeah, source came a little bit later mm-hmm. on. Um, you might uh, listen to the radio. So you up. might listen to K Day <laughs> and catch oh, yeah. Greg Mack and the Mac Attack. You guys, you know, that. and have a pause tape or something ready yep. to go. That was your knowledge. <laughs> yeah. so that was your current. Those liner notes. Yeah. If you could see who they shouted out, yeah. then you know who they were down with right. and mm-hmm. how the connections worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember. Reading, uh, I think it was Nation it Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, The Public yeah. Enemy, mm-hmm. and they shouted out everyone from every fucking city because they were the largest at that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, oh, they shouted out Donald D. I better check out who Donald D is. You right. know, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah, that was your link. That was yeah. my link. That was your hyperlink. I was yeah. link. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. When but you you're right. Had to read that yeah. De La Soul one. You're right though. That was big because yeah. I was, and then but then even then you start to. I'm sure you're seeing the connections and and how nerd culture and hip hop were almost lockstep. You know, I mean, you had the graffiti art influence, you had the comic book. I'm hearing them reference stuff. Every song, it's a reference to a superhero or yeah. something. I mean, it was just like it's funny. It's it's called like nerds are popular these days, right? Yeah. Um, you know, nerds are, but I think it's just anybody with some. 
I think of nerd as somebody that's into information. Yeah. And we are in the information age. Yeah. So it's 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 it behooves nerds to be at the top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is the information age. So it's like who else is gonna have information other than the quote unquote nerds? Right. Specialists in uh fields. Right. Someone who goes deep. I mean, right. that's basically what I take. Yeah. It. If you Mavens. really go deep into something, then you're well, that's why the best MCs, to, I mean, technically, they're probably nerds because they went deep. Yeah. You know, the DJ who sits around and just practices scratching and cutting and mixing. Or that has the most records and the right. most knowledge of records. That's nerding out. Great, great segue. Great segue because I wanted to, to jump into something that I don't know that some people might consider controversial. But I think at this point, you could just kind of look at it with, you know, enough distance in history straight out of content movies coming out i remember ice cube coming out of nwa Mm -hmm. and this is pre-internet and being like i got ice cubes back like kill at will it's a wrap like (laughs) yeah that's it i'm with you the lynch mob came yeah. out no but here's a, I <laughs> game was, over i was rolling with both still like yeah. it was still yeah, good yeah. I, like, I just want to hear dope music yeah like you i was listening to the ice cube disc i'm listening to the, Easy, to the yeah, yeah 100 miles the NW, and running yeah i'm listening yeah. to the nwa disc Eve, it's just like Eve, it's all Eve dope for zagging <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, but but that came a little bit later it was just ice cube just kept yeah coming yeah with no, material you know in in that time um, we talked about a little bit on the Blockheads pod, Sha- Hank Shockley, you yeah, know, Bomb, Bomb Squad. squad. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that at the time. I just know that the music was dirtied up. The message was on point. He's talking about Uncle Sam. Like, he's talking about all these yeah, deep things. political. Yeah. And you could, I mean, and even though, uh, obviously, the gangster image, you know, was what kind of moved the needle. And got people, you know, on the edge of their seats like mm-hmm. any gangster movie would. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino is not, you know, the biggest gangster in the world, but he is Scarface. You know what I mean? That's the way I looked at it, even at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what NWA was. But when Ice Cube started, you know, then as you got later into the 90s, I felt like it was a really dark time for hip-hop. Early 90s was really like vibrant you had you had the chronic come out you had you know so much yeah you had so much you had souls of mischief oh yeah you know what i mean you you just you you had the whole variety of music you had gangster rap and then you had you know people like far side coming out um you had all this going on and then as you got in later into the 90s it was kind of like no limit era you know went south the tanks came out (laughs) (laughs) the tanks came out and started taking over and I felt like Cube went to a place where you know it became about the who banging committee you know and like Cube was more so like legit banging you know he wasn't talking about Uncle Sam and the like some of the things that he was talking about on earlier albums like he was celebrating gang banging and i never really had gang banging touch my life in a way that was tragic you know what i mean but Mm. for people i don't know how other people felt about it especially people who you know kind of work might have been closer to that 
and felt that a little bit more. Like, what did that feel like? Because I, I felt some kind of way. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, I've always I've always looked at Ice Cube as an entertainer, right? right? Mm-hmm. I've never looked at him like, yo, Ice Cube, that's that's a G right there. Like, I never <laughs> I never like looked at him on the right. gangster level. Yeah, yeah. So when he when he went to the era of West Side Connection, right? You know, in the Who Bang era, no, number one, I. I I was like, I was happy that uh, WC, Dub C was actually on an album again. Yes. Right. <laughs> I was yes. like, yo, he's finally getting some shine again. Right. Like, remember Dub C from Low Pro? Hell yeah. And then, and then moving on, it's like, yo, where'd Dub C go? And then finally he's back. So I was just happy to hear Dub C on an album. Right. I actually never took it as, yo, what's up with Ice Cube and the Who Bang? I actually did never took it like mm. that. I bought mm. the West Side Connection album just because it was something from the West Side. Yeah. Like, I think Ice Cube probably took that direction as an artist because, like you said, if the climate of hip hop is okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna parallel this to what's happening today. But if the climate of hip hop was you know doing the no limit tank stuff and you know we, we got this new sound coming from the south, he wanted to do something that was still authentically West Coast, yeah. right? right? So he didn't he didn't change up the sound, yeah. right? He just came harder, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas today, uh-huh. the rappers will bend mm. to whatever the current sound is. Yeah. Ice Cube, if Ice Cube was around, you know, doing his thing today, he would not bend to be like, no, I'm about to make it like, y'all, he'd still, he'd go harder. Yeah. So, like, for me, personally, I respected what he was doing because I was like, yeah, somebody's giving it up for the West. And that's exactly what he was doing. It was, it was kind of a miracle that he managed to stay relevant, you know, in a time period where so many from that era just completely ceased to be relevant. They might have came back later, but they didn't make it through that whole through line being a headliner, someone you talked about at the forefront of hip-hop. I mean, but that's that's Ice Even people like LL, you know what I mean, who was like, you know, he didn't make it through that era. No, but but the thing about LL was is that he always stayed as a solo artist. That's why Ice Cube brought Mac-10 and WC into the fold. He realized he couldn't do, I I don't think, Mm-hmm. I don't think I think he realized, yo, I can't do this by myself. Let me bring in some more people with me. And by the way, Mac Ten is I liked everybody in that group at, in that era except Ice Cube. <laughs> so you got beef with Ice Cube? No, 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 no. no. Let me let you me hear that O'Shea. Let me Brandon clear. Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Cube? <laughs> I actually worked on a movie. Um, uh, in the art department that Cube was in early on. So I, I I mean, I was Cube. There were certain people in entertainment that you see yourself as. And uh, for me, it was Magic Johnson and Ice Cube. Hmm. Like, as a athlete, I was Magic Johnson on the court. You okay. know, I mean, not literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But terrible. You, you, you fashioned yourself. <laughs> you, right. You were patterning yourself I after had my that. Converse weapons. Yeah. You got the no-look pass. I hated Larry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. I wanted to bring the rock up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in hip-hop, it was Ice Cube. So mm-hmm. when it came to, you know, I felt some kind of way when he did something that I wouldn't do. You know, I mean, that's just a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was unabashed. I'm an unabashed fan. Yeah, yeah. So, um. He's still going to kick your ass up. This <laughs> is the, no, but this is the thing, though. Mac 10 brought something to that group that I don't think still has been captured in gangster rap music because Mac 10 was so authentic. Was like, he? 
really authentic. I think I, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, look, like I said, I'm, I was. something about his aura. Yeah. No, like I said, I wasn't mad at the West Side Connection album in the, right. no, or, nor their union. Yeah. I, and, I, I mean, those dudes, I'm not, like I said, I've never looked at Ice Cube as like, yo, that's, that's a gangster right there. But I've never. Yeah. When I look at Mac Ten and Dub C, I'm never questioning what's happening <laughs> yeah. there. But Four fingers up, two twisted <laughs> in the middle. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah, Mac, yeah. Dub C, if you if you're not up on Dub C, um, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Adam Silverstein, <laughs> go back and dig in the crates a little bit. Get those fingers dusty. Yeah. WC I'll let you, I'll let you I, will, I, will, I will let you dig and you play me the best stuff because right. at that point there was that whole west side versus east side and you know and then even common got in on on the west side connect that's a, that's a, that's a interesting oh, yeah. he had a, a song called the bitch in you because hmm. and he just called out ice cube for flipping you know from you know what he was doing then he went to became a, a muslim and then he he, I mean, he said you're holding Sainides and flipping bean pies in the same, mm. you know, and he would just call them out, and it yeah. was a, I mean, it was, cr- and at that point, I was they like, went at it, yeah, I, I, and and as but he my, took a side. He I, was like, common. He was like, yo, that's a pretty good argument. It's he a was, pretty good <laughs> argument. Yeah, and on top of that, I really kind of lost, um, you know, my desire to choose to listen to Wes side west coast music as much mm. i mean here's the thing i mean i had a crazy story so i was with this girl mm. in college and every and we used to hook up smoke weed and listen to doggy style wow. the movie or, i mean the 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 the, the album uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it was awesome I thought, and then you made doggy style the movie hold on yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why he was like the movie yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait 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 oh movie. shit uh. <laughs> okay, so we it was fun, and I thought this was great. I dated another woman, and we were driving to, you know, we were driving on a long-distance trip, and we were listening to Doggy Style, because I thought, that's this my, this other girl liked it, and it was awesome, <laughs> and it led to great things for me, so maybe on this ride, it'll be another great... And she got out the car, and she said to me, I don't ever want to hear that album again. Oh. It is the most misogynist album. They do, there's no respect for women, and I don't really want to hear it. And I was like, "Damn, I never <laughs> thought of that." But when you really listen to it, and you got a girl sitting there who does oh, yeah. not like it, it's terrible. Especially that one song, the, oh, yeah. the what, yeah. just lay back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Open your mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more yeah. than one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. No, the whole thing. But that song bitches, is that. bitches, yeah. bitches, and bitches. Right. And at that point, I realized I was like, "Damn, this is a, it." When I listen to it now, it's it's got to come with something. Where if I listen to, mm. you know, Eric B and Rakim, or I listen to Public Enemy, if she's not feeling it, yeah. then then she is. Some, there's something mentally wrong with her. <laughs> you know, like she's not thinking advanced. She's not thinking about a movement or a bigger picture. Mm. Whereas. You know, if she doesn't want to listen to NWA, she just might not want to be called a bitch all the time or hear it. So Pretty much, because that's kinda, all you're going to hear. Right, and so that <laughs> yeah. kind of changed my thinking about East and West, uh, but not necessarily East and West, but, you know, music with a message behind it, because obviously Souls of Mischief, Far Side, I was feeling, I loved it, but it was the gangster good stuff. Life, good Life crew, yeah. Freestyle Fellowship. Anything like, like you that. You had so much West Coast. Oh, I yeah. mean, even Del the Funky Homo Sapien, like, right. that was how early, like, it wasn't a thing, like, 
conscious rap or like wasn't a or uh, lyricism East Coast wasn't was not a thing. just a w- yeah, East Coast exactly. thing. Yeah, but uh, but that's the thing. thing that changed me from why I stopped really listening to gangster rap. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, the skill of Ice Cube, incredible. Yeah. Mac Ten, WC, those guys can they can rhyme. Yeah. And I felt you, what you said. They felt that image and felt what they were the energy they were giving off. Yeah. No doubt. And as and as hip hop, I respect that. But when it came to my personal choice, I was more into lyrics and a message behind the music, and it just kind of stopped for me. I mean, I, and truth be told, I mean, I bought the whole hook, line, and sinker from KRS-One when he, early on, I think, edutainment, he, he came out with this little blurb where he's like, you know, I get up, I rock the crowd, everyone's fucking cheering, it's great. Mm. Too Short gets up on the, on the mic even more people are yelling and he goes you bitch you hoe you slut you this you that and the girls are like we love you too short we want more he's like what is wrong Mm. with the people who are teaching the women not the rapper Mm. you know Mm. the rappers rapper does what he does Mm -hmm. but it's these women who want that yeah you're accepting this yes Mm -hmm. and and that had always gave me the the premise early on that I don't know that I can listen to the music where it's so negative about women or, yeah. you know, I, I just, maybe yeah. I'm that woman, you know, who just in my mind, I was like, I can't deal with it. So I'd rather not listen. To no, it. when you think about it from a different perspective, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, you're 10 plus years removed right. from that point in your life. You definitely get why youngins now are... I mean, they're they're tame compared to what we were listening to, what we were doing. Like it was the first time where you had that avenue and you had those channels, so everything is gonna come out. Yeah. And like hip hop has always said, it's an avenue to reflect what's going on. And Too Short was maybe not the guy, but you know, there's a whole generation of like pimps, you know, out of Northern California, Bay Area. You know, there's a whole pimp you know, kind of mythology, you yeah. know, and he was just like spouting yeah. the mythology. Hey, you know? look, that's what everybody yeah. was doing from yeah. coast to coast. Like right. you're just talking about your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like that was the art of it. Right. You know, the poetry of of me and my people. Yeah. You know? And if he was in pimp culture, yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. he's going to talk about. And you know what was wiped out? Black Panthers were wiped out. The organizations in Los Angeles, you know, um, were wiped out you know, that were affecting positive change. But, but I, I want to ask one question to the Inglewood cats. Yeah. Did Inglewood ever feel like why Compton and not Inglewood? No. <laughs> not, no? no? Not really. It, it, it got on the map. Yeah. It was present. Right. right. Like, I was never, I was never like, yo, what about us? Like, it was. Yeah. Did, who, who was the strongest MC to come out of Inglewood? Oh, y'all had quick. No, no, no. Quick no, was not was Inglewood. He's Compton. He was Compton. Um, well, we know Cube. Well, who's he, the strongest hip hop artist? I mean, DJ Mac Ten. Mac Ten is from Mac-10 it. Mac Ten is from it. Okay. I guess that would be about it. Yeah. I mean, in terms of commercial success. Yeah. Who, I mean, but we got other people. You know, El Prez. I mean, there's other independent cats. El yeah. Prez. Who are uh, they? Thursday. Um, you and I. Nice. Um, Defari. Defari. Well, yeah. He's well, awesome. Defari taught at Inglewood. Yeah. And then uh, Damani. 
Damani's from Inglewood. Um, Defari, man. That 405 did you Fridays, guys, did you right? Guys, were you guys at like... Um, J-Rock. I think J-Rock is from Inglewood. The DJ from the Beat Junkies? No, no. J-Rock just released the album, 90059. Oh, that's a J-A-Y. Yeah. Not J- J-Rock. J-Rock's from Inglewood? I believe so. I, I believe so. I, I might I be wrong. I think you're from Nickerson Go, Gardens. I think uh, you're from Nickerson Gardens. Yeah? Yeah. Or it's Problem from Inglewood. Yeah. Problem is from Inglewood, I think. Mm. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, every you know, we yeah, are, talent is everywhere. Exactly. Viola Davis said it. You know, opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't like it ain't like people are just not talented from the hood. It's, you just need opportunity. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But I mean, in this day and age, you know, you can take opportunity. You don't really need to wait for it to be made. So, how do you start taking all your opportunities? Um, literally just giving God given talents, you know, putting them to work, um, introducing myself to people, shaking hands, saying, Hey, you know, I like what you're doing. I want to do it too. Here's what I can do. You know, what do you think? Who, who was that first interaction? Like who, who did you, who do you remember having that with? Is that at a comic book convention? Is that at a going up to a studio? I mean, what is it? No, my situation was pretty weird. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it was like a series of events that just happened and then it happened right um, well i remember um because we had a small animation studio and i suppose we supposed to we say boutique because <laughs> 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 it was just a couple of us trying to figure out how to do what we wanted to do and make some money doing it <laughs> um and uh we we were in talks with certain networks and this one cat from this network came in and he said I got this guy and he's doing this by himself and he played the read a book uh, <laughs> video he, okay. he, he played the read a book the read a book animation uh-huh. um, so uh, that was the first time I think I was introduced to your work hmm talk about that for a second as was that your was well, which, that a big part? entree which like part? <laughs> well the, you you did an animation to a song um that was mixed by a guy it ended up getting put on to a network right and then it was it was one of the first viral things right yeah it, it, it was, well it was, at least for animation it was it, the most it was, one, it was of the, one of the first viral one things. of the first viral animations well, that just killed well let me everywhere let me clarify so whoever told whoever brought that to you one of the the things that is false is that i did that by myself okay okay <laughs> that, that is false that, they were trying to they were trying to talk down our price <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that thing. Um, so what he's talking about for anybody you know out there listening, it's a it's a read a book, um, a song created by this guy named Bomani Arma, and uh, it was a hood anthem. But what I mean by hood anthem, it was the hood on the internet. I, there was a website called Hot Ghetto Mess back in the day, and this is where it, it was like pre-mean today mm-hmm. so this is where you would go see like you know the craziest thing motherfuckers at their prom in louis vuitton suits and <laughs> uh wearing all pink and got a cadillac or you know just just dumb ghetto shit mm-hmm. or the people that you see in walmart and all of them they don't have to be black either it's like you know anybody just looking just atrocious I remember that. um so anyway this song this dude just made the song indie song called uh 
read a book and you know the chorus is it was it was a parody off a little john song right so it was supposed to be really it was when crunk was at its height mm. so you know it had that same rhythm that same cadence you know read a book read a book read a motherfucking book read a book <laughs> read a, a motherfucking and it was like but the whole the whole point of it was was that um you got this song with so much message, but it's over this crunk beat. So it's like the juxtaposition of the right. two of the two things. It's like, yo, wait, are we really getting a message over crunk beats? It's right, like, right. What the fuck is going on here, <laughs> right. right? So anyway, um, BT, right, mm. the network that mm. we're talking about. Um, I met this dude, Dennis Cowan. Dennis Cowan, uh, it, f- for all the comics people out there, Dennis Cowan is one of the find- founders of Milestone Comics. Um, but he had rose to prominence. And became VP of animation over at BET uh, when they actually had a quote-unquote animation division. <laughs> um, so anyway, I meet Dennis through some mutual friends. And then um, he's like, yo, I got this this thing I want to play for you. you know." And he comes down to Six Point Harness, uh, which is a small animation studio boutique. And he was like, and he plays in front of me and three other people, uh, which are white. And he plays read a book. You know, it's got all kinds of N words and cussing and all this shit. And after he plays it, he's like, "What do you guys think?" And the two dude, the other, the other people in the thing look at me like, "Well, what do you think, Tyree?" <laughs> I'm like, "This shit is dope." Like, well, what's up? He was like, "Well, we want to do something animated with it." I was like, "Cool. Give me, <laughs> give me two weeks, and I'll have something for you." So mm-hmm. I took, I took like maybe like a minute worth of film. And I did a short animatic for it. I did that by myself. Mm. And I said, this is what I think it should be. Mm. And they saw that shit. And this is when Reginald Hudlin was president of entertainment over at BET, at least on the west side. Uh And then he and Reggie, or Dennis and Reggie looked at it. They fucking laughed their heads off and it was like, proceed. Mm. And then I finished off the rest of the three minutes of the song. And then, um, then we animated it. And then it came out. And then it blew the fuck up, and then BET played it on uh, 106 and Park, mm. and that was when that's when it that's when it like went over the top. So here's how they introed it. Now, granted, this is over the time. This is when A Bay Bay is out, right. like bullshit. <laughs> bullshit right. is out, Ch- right? Chant, right? Chant music, yeah, like one on one. Fucking Yin Yang Twins is out, right. like anything. You know, the Wait same. Till I see my <laughs> yeah, skate, skate, skate. You know, all this shit is out. <laughs> Nothing about it. Yeah. Right. You know, so all this shit is out. And then, you know, they had their top 10. They had their top 10. And then uh, they slip in, read a book, like literally on some slipping shit. They mm. slip in, read a book like, yo, so here's our <laughs> video of the day. We got Bomadi Arma with read a book. And you just heard all this bullshit. Right. right. And then now you get this cartoon parodying what they're what they've been showing all show. Here comes read a book, and then they cut back to you know Terrence and Roxy, whoever the fuck was on, uh, and then they looking like this. They, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that uh, that was a uh, read a book by. Were we supposed to play that shit? <laughs> like right. they looking crazy, and then after yeah. that, then it's on the internet and it blows the hell up. Mm. And then and then what? Two weeks later, I'm sitting in Dennis's office. It's one of the first internet outrage, you know, yes. moments that I remember. Yeah, I'm yeah. Si- I'm sitting in Dennis's office at the time at BET, and we talking, laughing and shit, like, wow, the motherfuckers going crazy for this shit. Mm. And then uh, CNN calls right then and there. Mm. Mm. And then Dennis is on the phone. He was like, um, Dennis, you know, his secretary comes in. Dennis, we have CNN on the line for you. And he's like, oh, really? Send him in. And he's talking to him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You want me to be on? And he's going like this. He puts the phone down. He's like, you're going to be on that shit. 
<laughs> and then it starts talking again. So then fast forward like a week later, and then I'm on CNN. Mm. I'm representing the work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, it just took off. But, yeah, that thing right there, that, I mean, I've done other projects, but that in 2007, 2008, mm. that pretty much catapulted. That was my, I ate off that shit for, like, five years. Wow. Everybody was like, yo, read a book. We saw that shit. That shit was dope. Yo, read a book. You the read a book guy? Mm. Girls, girl, you did read a book? You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. Go anywhere. It's like read a book. Yeah, I did that shit. You know. Yeah. Shout out to Dennis Cowan. Yep. Shout out to Dennis, original founder of Milestone Comics. We talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's another another one for the comics heads to go digging for. Go go go. Dig. And for and for the hip hop heads, if y'all yeah. don't know, Dennis Cowan illustrated the cover to Liquid Swords. Oh. Right. Oh. Hold that. Hold that. <laughs> that sounds like a connect. That is. Connect gang, connect ditto. Let's politic connect ditto on that on that Marvel hip hop cover for a second. Um, Liquid swords. Liquid swords. Liquid jizza. Jizza. Genius. What 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 what, free association? What comes to mind when you hear liquid liquid swords? Swords jizza. Investigative reports. (laughs) Mm. It's Mm. like my favorite song on that whole album. Yeah, and then when the MCs Method, methods versed on that was the whole, everybody's yeah everybody's that whole shit like investigative reports come on so I thought it was dope that that was one of the one I mean then then you think about it literally like liquid violence you know what I mean like liquid swords yeah like you're just flowing the flow you know, the flow is so sharp yes <laughs> liquid swords. <laughs> Dude, we used to talk about, we used to be high, breaking down lyrics, all that shit. Like, did you hear what this motherfucker just said? Yeah. Right. That was the first, that was scientific madness that was at its finest. Jizzle. So, so, did you see that? That uh, Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's mm. the, that's the, uh, they're, they're paying image. homage to the Jizzle. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can yes. see that. With and, Iron Man yep. and uh, Hulk. What's that? Hulk. Future Imperfect Hulk. Future Imperfect Talks. <laughs> yeah, so, that's that's dope. Yeah. But but just so y'all know, who the originator of that cover was is it's a comic artist in his own right. Wow, a legend, Dennis Cowan. Mm-hmm. There it is, Dennis. And he told me a story about that shit too. That's the the inside cover. You mm-hmm. remember the inside? It's like black and white. It's like this yeah. big battle on a chessboard. Right. He did that shit in a sharpie. And they said, and he was like, this was his rough. And it was like, they was like, no, no. Like, we want it just like this. That's awesome. <laughs> and they took it from him. And there were there were two original Milestone artists, um, along with the late um, Dwayne McDuffie, who was an incredible writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Dennis was, I mean, I mean, they, they did so many titles. You yeah. know, people remember Static Shock which later became an animated show. Mm-hmm. But they did a lot of titles. I wasn't aware of them as a kid. I don't know if they ever made it this far. When did you first become aware of that? I mean, they, they kind of came around at the same time that Image did. Uh-huh. So it was, it was like, that was when we used to go to Comics, Inc., this place in uh, Culver City. Uh, oh, wow. it was Shout like, out to Comics, Inc. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, and they used to put, like, put us on to that shit. So Jason, like, stand up. <laughs> Old heads over there. It was this tiny shop in the middle of Culver City mm. um, that is no longer exists um, or has been taken over. But 
existed up until last year or something. Yeah, it was pretty Just by being organized and uh, having a really, you know, catered to clientele. And we would go in there and talk. Mm. Comics. Shoot comics, shoot the shit, mm-hmm. regardless for hours. And, like, no pressure environment. Much like, much like Meltdown is on a bigger stage. But, you know, Comic Sync was just tucked inside a mini mall. And um, a lot of heads, a lot of heads um, would would frequent that spot. Yeah. Show sure did. There you go. So what else you want to talk about? Well, I want to know what you're doing now. Because well, I'm on this, doing everything. I'm on the little <laughs> show that could called Bob's Burgers. Uh, fresh off of Emmy loss last uh, week. Uh, the fact you were nominated. Not a loss, yeah. Yeah, that's a win. That's a that's win. Big. Nah, I want some jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you who, get who, jewelry? Who won, who won the category? Does it matter? Yeah. Well, no, yeah, no. because we got to take them down next year. We yeah. got to start a campaign. No, the, but that's the thing. They won't even be back next year. It's a mini series. Oh. So it's like we a series lost to a mini series. No hate, though. You mm. know, congrats. Okay. All right. Well, it's all about Bob's so, Burgers. So Bob's Burgers. My kids how, how watch did that Bob's happen? Burgers. Huh? No. How, how did that happen? How did Bob's Burgers happen for you? Um, How did Bob's Burgers happen? I was doing a campaign uh, for Ogilvy and Mather for disrespectoids. <laughs> uh, disre- disrespectoids is a. Uh, does anybody know about that? No. Disres- disrespectoids was um, uh, it was for Capri Sun, and I was doing that for Wild Brain. Disrespectoids was like shout out to Marge Dean. Yep. The, so you know Capri, it doesn't matter. Um, so I was doing that project. I was just getting off, and I submitted a portfolio of storyboards um, f- from a defunct. BET project called mm. Bufu. <laughs> um, and then they were like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny. And then they brought me in. I started as a storyboard artist on season one. Um, I worked under Wes Archer. Wes Archer is a, is a legend in the animation business. This dude's been around. Um, he was a supervising director on The Simpsons for years. Later on, King of the Hill. And then here he was doing Bob's Burgers. So I worked under Wes um, for like the first two seasons and then in season three I became a director and now we're on season six and we're in a hundred plus episodes deep um next week I'll start my 18th episode wow as a director on Bob's Burgers and then uh we've four Emmy nominations one win and uh yeah when when you get promoted to a director Mm -hmm. I mean are you had you directed before yeah like like read a book i directed read a book like i said that's why i said i ate off of that for like the next five years i was doing nothing Mm -hmm. but directing projects so like that's when um i worked on the chronology is all over the place but that's when i worked on the jammies that's when i was directing on the new pink panther series okay that's when i developed and directed a cartoon or numerous cartoons for rob dyrdek for Mm -hmm. his show on that eventually got on nicktoons and then just a host of other shit. Like I said, the disrespect toys thing. But the just, Bob's Burgers is the biggest. Yeah, because Bob's Burgers is on Fox. But, right. you know? but 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 Tyree was like the hot young guy. You right. know, I still am. <laughs> still am. <laughs> Don't let this gray fool. Uh, <laughs> still am. I shave this shit and be as young as anybody else. Like, what? There you go. There you go. <laughs> and speaking of like connecting with the youth you have a personal project in sneds that spans uh, a culture that i think is really interesting sneds s-n apostrophe e-a-d-s 
But it, it kind of started in hip hop culture, but now I feel like sneaker culture has become its own thing. Yeah. yeah. If I was to bring it back to what we were talking about, like the De La Soul yeah. stuff, Sneds is as much as that De La Soul album cover right. as anything else. Mm. Really? Yeah. It's it. So it's, what is it? Describe. It's it. Okay. Here's how Sneds started. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Sneds is sneaker plus heads equals Sneds, like sneaker heads, right? And then I just created my own word, and it's trademarked, by the way. So if you use my shit, I will be suing. It's red. <laughs> it has the R by it, not yeah. the TM, the R. <laughs> it's a difference for you dumb motherfuckers. Um, so anyway, uh, Sneds started because I was trying to figure out how I can blend all my loves together. Right. And I figured out what my loves were. It was hip-hop, it was basketball. It was fashion, and it was thick girls. I didn't get a chance to put thick girls in the sneds, right, but right. I got the other three, right? <laughs> so once I figured what out what, <laughs> yeah, what I was into, I was like, okay, how can I put that all in a project? And then that's how sneds came about. Mm. So the reason why I came about through sneakers was I was looking for a new muse, mm-hmm. per se, right? You know, Picasso had his blue period. Miles Davis had a blue period. You know, it's like everybody kind of figures out their little period. And I'm going, I'm on, I'm approaching like a seven year period of using sneakers as a muse. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually slowly growing out of it. But it's all about to come to a head shortly when I launch a Kickstarter next month to launch SNED so we can make it into something bigger than just uh, these little shorts. And, and what do you hope to make it into? I mean, are you talking. <sighs> Well, the whole plan from the beginning, which I realize is not even possible because brands don't function that way, but I want to partner with um, more brands, more companies, more people to use SNEDs as a way to like basically sell other products. You know, I've been trying to get with... Um, Obviously, the biggest I've already had a collaboration. You've been approached, though. I mean, don't be a, don't be modest. Like, I've been approached, but you're 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 a, you're a savvy businessman. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, the goal is somebody will see the value in this. Right. Um, but again, sneakers almost sell sell themselves these days, and right. with applications like Instagram, where everybody's posting picture, you know, for internet fame of their feet and some shoes. Like I said, these companies they don't have to. They don't have to pay anybody to wear them. It's like they—they'll these people will gladly pay, mm-hmm. you know, so they can mm-hmm. feel like they can be a part of something. Right. But you know, like I was saying earlier, like we—we've been wearing shoes. Like this—this this is we come from the era where we played basketball in our Jordans. We didn't rock right. them just to stunt. We yeah. actually do it so we can get down. <laughs> so <laughs> you know exactly, feel like exactly. Mike. Yeah, yeah to feel about, like Mike. Talk not, about Jordan 1s like I was in the boys club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, so trying, to, s- trying to do work. So Sneds, I mean, you're hopeful, right? I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, Sneds, Sneds is fun. You know, it, it gets a lot of love on the internet. Everything I it, do goes Instagram, viral. Yeah, Instagram. It, it's, uh, you know, and it's the only thing of its kind. Right. There's no other sneaker. There's no comics in sneakers. Right. When I created the thing, I was even actually looking around. I was like, when I was looking on sneaker blogs, you know, just getting the usual sneaker information, you'd go on these places and all you'd see is shoes. Shoes, 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 shoes. I'm like, okay, so the only artistic representation of the sneaker is the sneaker itself. Well, where is the, where is everything else? And there was a couple of guys, like I have a friend, um, Gary, um, aka Freehand Prophet. Gary does sneaker gas masks, mm. these sculptures, and mm. um, he's built a considerable following, and he sells these as art pieces to people and collectors all across the world. Um, there's sneaker famous sneaker customizers, Mosh, um, uh, whoever, my man Chris. Uh, 
like the, then there's the other part of the art form but where is in 76 yeah but then it's like okay <laughs> how do you blend all this stuff together and i was like well we need a cartoon something like a mouthpiece right like the boondocks for sneakers you know Ooh, that's dope and then plus i mean there's no hip-hop cartoons that exist anyway right you know black dynamite is canceled the boondocks is canceled like we well, all we got is another blockheads yeah, there's blockheads isn't on TV, so it's like you know we don't like all we got is fucking Doc McStuffins. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's time. Man, it is time. Yeah, I mean, it's wide open, and that's yeah. what that's the other thing I don't. So I'm hopeful because yeah. there is nothing else. Right. I am I am the only one. I'm like the empire of right. of, of, of of sneaker shit. There is, or even a hip hop cartoon. There's nothing else that exists like it. Right. Mm. And you got a captive audience when they're waiting in line at undefeated waiting for days camping out they need stuff to do watch and all that it might as well be yeah. stuff representing the culture yeah and and but and and also but there's a different thing in sneaker culture where like you have this whole language where you talk about infrareds or foam posits you know and people who are not yeah. Up on it, yeah, you just be talking over their head it's completely over their heads. Do you guys so. like the Air Max 98s? You know what I'm talking about with those 98? The 98s. Hmm. Oh, I haven't seen a 98. Oh, see? See? no, no, 98. Very special uh, vintage. I'll have to show you guys. My f- one of my oh, favorite yeah. running I shoes, but hold on, it's not the 95. Okay, it, yeah, these, yeah, these guys, yeah. I didn't like those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted those. Uh, yeah, I didn't like those. Yeah, but, but <laughs> wait, you wore them and didn't wa- didn't like them? No, no, I no. I didn't like those. He ca- he wasn't cool enough to like those. <laughs> I mean, it, it is that thing of you had the full cushion. They had oh, the man. air pocket. I, my, the, by the way, my favorite shoe. shoe is a Air Max ninety mm. and a Jordan three. Those are my two favorites. That's my third Solids. favorite. Solid. That's my third favorite. So my pedigree is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just kind of disagree on the, <laughs> <laughs> on, the on the ninety-eight. Let the, let, the, let the record show that Adam, uh, in true California style, is sporting flip-flops. Oh yeah, uh, well, it gets hot in here. <laughs> Shit, I come prepared. Yeah. I don't think I've seen you outside of flip-flops, brother. Uh, <laughs> Pimping. Yeah, I've learned he's, to relax. He's married. Hey, I'm not. He's married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not wearing, uh, you know, my blue corduroy flip flops either. <laughs> You're not <laughs> wearing cro- Croker yeah. sacks. Yeah, yeah. Croker oh sacks. Oh my. Yeah. All right, Hippopolis. Yeah. What is that? Oh man, that was Hippopolis is actually my entrance into the animation industry. Um, Hippopolis was a. F- this is back when I was I was rapping at the time, right? I was mm. rapping. I'm making beats. I'm doing like doing art like i'm just being eclectic uh renaissance dude right so um i was trying to figure out an interesting way to get my rap group at the time i was trying to figure out a way to get us out Mm. so i created like a little mythology around this and it was in this world called hippopolis and of course this was pre even power 106's uh what you call it? Their slogan, you know, this mm. is where hip hop lives. Right. Right, right. Like hippopolis is where hip hop lives. Nice. Right. Okay. So um I created this thing, I made this little short film called Hippopolis and I made it while I was in college. And for uh, for anybody that doesn't even know anything about me, I didn't graduate with an art degree, I graduated with an English degree. Mm. I was actually on path to becoming a lawyer, mm. right? 
So after I, I was taking animation electives, and that was the film I made, mm-hmm. right? So I make this film, and and here's the other crazy thing. I'm taking animation as an elective, but I'm the only person in animation at the time that finished a film. Mm. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I'm taking it as an elective. It's not even my major, right? And then here's the crazier thing. So then my animation teacher, she's encouraging, uh, shout out to Mary Trujillo, She's encouraging me, hey, you should enter your um, your ana- your animation into the annual art show. I enter it into the annual art show, and I win best of show. And now it's the first animated piece in Cal State Northridge history to win best of show. Wow. <laughs> right? So then after I graduate, um, that summer, I put it on Adam Films. Remember Adam Films? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam Films is like pre-YouTube. Um and then I, the guy, he's like, oh, this is great. You got, you're going to make this into a series? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'm not going to make it into a yeah. series. I'm just a kid out of college, and I plan to go to law school, right? Yeah. And then um, so we put it out, and then I put an email blast out. And then I'm telling everybody, go check out Adam Films. You know, I'm trying to get views and shit. And then uh, a friend of mine sends it to some people that were working on a project at Disney um, TV. And they're like, and then I, then they're like yo, like, we kind of like this. We think we want to use this style. So then Disney TV calls me and says, hey, we saw that little film you made come in for an interview. And then to make a long story short, they offered me a job. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So then right then I start working for Disney TV and I say forget law school. And then I just continue with animation. I've been in it ever since. Wow. Hip Hopolis. That's on some hip hopolis shit. <laughs> no, but so, so here's the thing. So just but hip hip hopolis is actually something I would love to make. Um, it's actually the story about the battle between rap and hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, rap is something you do. Yeah. Hip hop is something you live. No, but so here's the thing. Like so here's the premise for the movie. And actually, um, so the record companies actually get together and decide that they want to ban hip hop for a hundred years. And the reason why they want to do that is because they want to get people to buy it again. <laughs> right? Wow. That that's that I mean and that theme is 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 something that is really interesting because Blockheads picked up on that as well when we were first doing Blockheads it was kind of like what was going on with the music. Sound is pretty much the most powerful medium, you know. Yeah, it is. Um and uh, you know, when you're a baby, before you can see anything, you can hear. So you have this innate uh, sense of rhythm, and you're taking this rhythm, you're, and you're, you know, poisoning, you know, with these lyrics that are pretty much just, you know, at that time were uh, all about killing people. It was, it was something that I think is out there, you know what I mean, in the culture. It's interesting that you, that, that was something that you picked up on. Yeah, early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, um, I'm not, uh, what is, I'm not stupid, right? I don't listen to things, you know, kind of like, Adam, when you were listening to things, you kind of made that conscious decision, like, I'm not going to listen to this shit anymore. Right. And Now, granted, I still listen to it, but I'm not listening to it with the same deaf ear that somebody else is listening. They're just like, oh, this is. Right. I'm just sitting there like, wait, that. <laughs> and then I keep right, dancing, right, right, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. it's just like I'm not gonna stop the party. Yeah, I'm not gonna stop the party. But I'm up there like, yo, this is some bullshit, though. <laughs> right, right, right. You were aware, very. You were not buying. You were not drinking all the Kool-Aid. And now, what's interesting is 
violence rap is kind of receded and that's but it's now about it's now a lot about I don't know what it is it but it does seem still seem dumbed down to the lowest common denominator I think yeah. it's a little bit I think it has to do with just not giving a no, shit about anything no this new generation no. like um, except yourself yeah that's pretty much yeah. what it is like um, I don't want to you know bash any of these rappers sure. or I won't be using any names but yeah. This new shit is a uh... <laughs> some of it, the radio stuff, right? Because we're not talking about all of it. No, no, you can never talk about right, all of right. it. Right. But I mean, but even the stuff that's kind of even getting some traction now, when you really, when you really listen to it, I there is no substance really. Yeah. I'm not learning anything. Right. Right. Um. I mean, granted, every rapper will throw in a couple jewels here and there, right. but overall, I'm not getting any smarter listening to the music. Well, you know how I get smarter these days? I listen to You read a book. I read a book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm reading more these days. Mm. I'm um, listening to instrumentals. Mm -hmm. Like, to me... So the, so we could play an instrumental and you could rhyme? You still nah, got it? I, I haven't... No, I'm out of practice. All right, all right. I'm out of practice. <laughs> all right, sorry. I'd have to, like, warm up into it. Like, give me, like, a month. <laughs> okay. A, a, a month so I can spar all by right, myself. All right, all right. Let's, let's, go, let's go out back outside of <laughs> Meltdown, and, yeah. and we can right. warm up oh, after yeah. this. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We will not be recording this shit. Some motherfuckers <laughs> be like, some motherfucker really came on here and started freestyling. Okay, okay, that's okay. how he gets you. That's how Silverstein gets you. <laughs> yeah, man, I uh, could, I could rhyme. I, I rhyme if you rhyme. Not on air. Not on air. Everyone knows I would suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry. We have to come get back to that though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's, yeah, we'll forget that. So anyway, so instrumentals though. You're saying you listen to? Yeah, let's listen to instrumentals, man. Like, cause I don't the like you said the sound like voice. It's distracting. As soon as you yeah. listen to somebody talk, you will listen. Yeah. And then, then you'll make a decision whether it's bullshit or not. But I don't even want to, like, I, like, I'm at work, right? I animate pretty much all day. Um, or I'm going over files, correcting animation. And then if I have people talking while I'm trying to listen to, you know, Bob say something, Louise say something, anybody on the Bob's cast, I'm distracted. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I just have music... Right. Just music that is that is making me smarter. So what are you listening to to do that? Oh man, just Spotify. You know. Oh, I got I got to hook you up with some playlists. Yeah, YouTube playlists. Like I'm just but nothing but instrumental. So I don't know what oh, I'm I listening to, but mm. like I'm just listening to instrumentals. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> you ever listen to Air? Air, yeah, the air. No, like it's it's a group <laughs> called Air. The, oh, I wouldn't. French. I, I might have. Yeah, but exactly. Just wouldn't know. Exactly. Like just wouldn't know. I, I don't. I don't take the time to listen. Like to even look yeah. what I'm listening to. Like yeah. I'm just. Do I like it or do don't I like it? That's and great. of course, there's some instrumentals where I hate it too. I'm just like talk. Talk about the difference. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and because I think it's interesting because. I think people have a concept of what a storyboard artist does, you know, just from watching behind the scenes. So what is the difference between being a storyboard artist and a director in terms of animation? All right. So I'm going to start with director. Whenever somebody asks me, like, what, you know, what do you do as a director in animation as opposed to live action? And I say, I do the same thing a live action director does. And when I say places people... There's no people to move. I got to draw them. Mm. So that's the difference. And then the storyboard artist is just 
that's the next level. If you want to be a director in, anima in animation, you got to start off as a storyboard artist and then move into the director position. Um, but pretty much to sum it up, you're you're a storyteller. Mm. But not only are you a storyteller, you have to animate. Um, the the way production works now, um, storyboards used to be like comic panels, right? Uh, you know, you start off on a scene like, okay, let's take this scene for instance. The big shot would be establish us in this room and we're at a radio show, right? And then you do cut-ins to everybody else. And then however it ends is however it ends. But in a storyboard, you actually have to plot every movement. Like if I move forward, I actually got to do a forward movement. If I grab the mic, I got to do that. So all the key poses are put in. Um, we're basically, another analogy I like to use is I'm a foreman and the, my storyboard crew, which I manage a crew of seven, anywhere between seven to 12 people at any given time. Our job is to, uh, I'm a foreman and the storyboard is the blueprints. And those are my construction workers. Mm, right. And then I have another set of construction workers in Korea that finish building the house. Mm. And then they send it back here for post-production, which is like plan check. Mm. Have you been to Korea? I've been to India, but I haven't been to Korea. Mm. Have you seen them do the work? In India, yeah. yeah but not in Korea. No. Is it crazy? Is it... Uh, is no, it's just... just, it, just I, like, I've seen it done here, but it's just now you're seeing more people do it. Like, they got a, they have armies there. Like, right. it's an army. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just like... we. There's probably, I don't know, 70 artists on Bob's, like, on mm. the pre-production side. Right. But on the production side, there's like 400. Wow. Yeah. You know? So, it's, that's an army. <laughs> got it. Uh, you learn any Korean? <laughs> no, but like I haven't had a need. But even right. in India, but in India they speak English, so. Uh huh. That's cool. Yeah, every That's time cool. I call up for customer service, I'm talking to someone. Well, it's interesting, also how. <laughs> Hello, well, this is Roger. How may I help you? Yeah, I'm Roger. Mean, you name me Roger. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Raj. Yeah. It really brings up how you're. <laughs> The first forms of communication, you know, you look at I mean, hieroglyphics. I've been you know telling I mean? people that yeah. all the time. I'm like, like, well, drawing is the first form of communication. Drawing, right. like, yeah. if there's, if they can understand nothing, they can understand these drawings. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when they're programming the lip movements, they actually don't program it by what sounds they're making. They're just a sheet that says A B C D E, and you program each each lip uh, mouth phenome to to correspond with that with that legend. Um, that they've established for mouth movements. Wow! So it's it's all visual. They don't really need to read anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's uh. Does that give you science? Does that make you feel um, anything about the old like Disney animation where they used to just animate, or even Bugs Bunny or the original one where they would just animate every movement without a computer? Is that crazy oh, yeah. to think about? I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, because like you really had to be on point because. Like right now, I'm able to see the film in real time, right? It's happening right in front of me. Whereas the, the way they were working, it's happening right in front of them, but it's happening on paper. Mm -hmm. So you can't, there's only so many mistakes you're going to make on paper. You got to be on point. Right. <laughs> like literally, this is paper we're dealing with. So it's like, you know, I think animators, even now, but they get paid by the foot, right? right. So it's like a certain amount of footage per feet. And then, um, you're doing this with a pencil so it's just like you're not getting paid if you're not meeting your quotas mm -hmm. and you got to like i said you got to do this on paper so the room for error is very low whereas on a computer there's this thing called control z 
<laughs> undo, undo. Like, oh shit, I fucked up. Undo, undo. There's no. The only undo is an eraser or a new piece of paper. Right. <laughs> at that point, mm. you know. So you got to really be anything that you actually doing with your. You can attest to this. Painting on shoes. Anything that you do with your hands on physical things, you got to be on. Like, you can't fuck up. Right. Or you're gonna be doing it over and over and over again and, right. and until you get it right. It's like I call it the bamboo stick of learning. You yeah. know, because every time you fuck up, <laughs> you got to do it again. Yeah. On the way out, let's talk about one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed this with a few artists. You got a thing for drawing women. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, thick women. Yeah, that didn't make it in the snaps, <laughs> but you know, yeah. you, you might just happen upon Ree's Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah, I haven't drawn a woman in a while, which is yeah, crazy. Or, or something, and, and there it is. You know, she's just like back shots and Jordan. <laughs> I don't do back shots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I um, no, no, tasteful, tasteful. Um, talk to me about like what's that like and the first time, you know, you drew a woman that got you a, a woman. <laughs> mm. I want I've never actually drawn a woman that got me a woman, but I have been in some situations. I was at Janai's house. Recently? No, hell no. Oh. <laughs> so I'm at, this is one of our childhood friends. I'm at, I'm at our boy. <laughs> like, recently? Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, this, this is years ago. I'm at, I'm at, yeah, right? Yeah. I imagine, I'm at, I'm at Janai's house. Um, our boy, Janai, Janai Montgomery. Okay. All right. And um, we, we just all faded. There's chicks there or whatever. And um, I was just over there drawing, and um, just in a cut, just doing my thing. And they're like, "What's what's your boy doing? Like, why he's so quiet?" You know, the girls like kind of messing with me, and I'm just being me. You know, like, wait, you draw? He was like, "Yeah, I draw." And this chick, no lie, she just was like, "Draw me." Oh. It just lays out, opens up her shirt, and everybody's like, "Yo." <laughs> That's all you need to yeah, do. Yeah, re, re brings them out, right? Yeah. <laughs> no old gold, nothing, nothing. Just draw me. No she rolling just rock. Because, yeah. but she saw I was real. Mm. You know, yeah. Oh, but I mean, but the attraction to the female body for artists is just because of the curves. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like a man is. I mean, yeah. If you want to draw more things, you draw a man, right? right? There's more intricacies. We have musculature. A woman is smooth. It's mm. curves. Mm. Like it's the it's the most elegant thing you can draw. Mm. A woman in a car. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why they go hand in hand. When right. you see Lowrider magazine, you know mm-hmm. Lowrider art day. Remember? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yes. see the you see the the, the Latin <laughs> chick and she you know bending over the car. That's why that shit looks so dope. Because yeah. I mean they both got curves. <laughs> yeah. They don't know why they like it. Now yeah. you, just, you broke it down. Broke it's, it down. It's the curves, curves man. It's curves. Science. There is a like, science behind it. Have you seen the new Mustang? Yeah. The new Mustang is dope. Why? Because of them fucking curves. It got hips. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the way it curves. The new Benz. The why is it dope? It got curves. Like it's certain cars. Like there's um there's an artist. I forget his name. Is it? Wait, huh? I don't even want to misquote. It was a video I was watching, and he was—he's a car designer. He's designed cars for Mercedes mm-hmm. Benz, and he was talking about how cars are designed. And he said, "We're trying to find—we're um, trying to find emotion in the lines." Wow, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, th- see that sound you made? It's the exact—that's the exact sound you see when you see a beautiful when you see a beautiful woman. You just—that's mm. <laughs> that exact sound. <laughs> You're trying to find emotion in line. Where you look at a curve and you just. 
sexy. You know, you just yeah. like it just makes your lip turn up and you just react to it. That's 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 what you're looking for in art. Like it it's that raw reaction, immediate, where you just look at it, it just it just makes you like feel some type of way. Like that's what it's about. Like it's no words, it's like immediate reaction. Nice. Feeling. Just off 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 jump. Every Bob's Burger episode, that's yeah. behind it right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, all that gets cut out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. to the jokes. No. Back to the jokes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. But actually, so the people can find you at Sneds by Re. Yep. Where else? What else? Anything that's, else? That's, at Sneds by look, Re. Look out for the Kickstarter next look month. Look out for the Kickstarter. Kick in. Kick up. Kickos. I contribute <laughs> to Kickstarters that I like. No it doubt. Is. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a support. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. There it is. I want to get a good. I got gift. five on it. Oh no, nah, man! You don't want to just a mention. You want a product. You want some. <laughs> I got five on eight. What? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man. The the those little rewards make the difference. You get that signed DVD. You get that signed CD. Whatever it let is. Me, let be. me tell you, Re had the best deal going because he was given um, sneakerheads, uh, like a a custom. A sketch of them um, oh. in their favorite sneakers oh, for yeah. like a hundred bucks. Like that was you had that one going for a while. Yeah, and then you got too busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then and I've raised the price since then. Okay, All right. <laughs> so that's now five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even if you have flip flops, it might. It might be. <laughs> that's your favorite gig. Yeah. No, I have that. Come on, man. <laughs> look, look, it'll be. Four hundred and ninety-five. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> hey, hey. Thanks for hooking me up, man. You are a nice guy. You know hey, we said that. What can I say, Adam? <laughs> yes. Wednesday's finest. Yes. I got five on that. Oh, right, thank you. Four hundred ninety. All right, man. Beautiful so, thing. thank you for coming. Yes. Thanks for having me. I mean, Chris. Chris thank you. Nice surprise. Yes. That was fun. Indeed. We had a another little little uh, guest from the the sneaker world and 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 from Inglewood. So, yeah, you know, so I think was, we repped. This is good. Hard. This is good. Yeah, yeah. All right, on some hip hop shit by Meltdown Comics. Thanks for listening. Check us next week. All right, keep it funky. Peace. This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers, and a special thanks to Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle at on some hip hop shit, and that is what's up. <laughs>